This is Planet 76, your source for all things Philadelphia 76ers. We've got another great episode coming your way today, and we're cleared for takeoff. Let's go. Welcome back, 76ers fans, to Planet 76, your source for all things Philadelphia 76ers. My name's Troy. I've got Michael here with me. As always, this is episode 83 of Planet 76. Going to break down Sixers action over the last week. Uh, So two games with Orlando, a game in San Antonio, and then right back to the East Coast uh, to play the New York Knicks at the Garden tonight, uh, recording on Sunday the 5th. Going to break down all that, look ahead to what's next on the schedule, look at the Eastern Conference, see how things are shaking out, uh, talk about some guy who got traded from Brooklyn to Dallas um, in Kyrie Irving, pretty crazy, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's going to be a fun episode, so make sure you follow us on Instagram, Planet76Podcast, uh, you can email us at Planet76Podcast at gmail.com as well, and uh, do that. What else? I don't Do that know. for Just sure. Make sure you subscribe, whatever platform you're on, Spotify, YouTube. Follow, follow us on Twitter. Twitter. Yes, we have a Twitter now. Um, so follow us there. We're going to we're gonna try Woo! and be active on Twitter as much as we can. And, um, yeah, good good call there. So, Michael, um, man, I don't even know where you want to jump in with this. But, uh, yeah, so two and two on the week for the Sixers. And... You can fact check me on this one, but I the two lead the two uh, games where the Sixers had twenty point leads are the two games that they ended up losing. I don't think they got over a twenty point lead in the other games. Um, so yeah, four games, two and two. Yep. Thoughts? Well, a lot different than this yes. time last week. That's for sure. <laughs> a lot of oh, pretty all over the place this week for the Sixers. Lost to the Magic, beat the Magic. Beat the Spurs handedly, might I add. And then just stink it up in this Knicks game. And, I mean, I'm not really... Again, I, I, I kind of keep the same mentality as beginning of the season. I'm not going to put too much stock into this. Because, although they definitely should have beat the Knicks tonight, I'm not really too... What's the word? I'm not really... Not really too concerned about it. I think... You're not going to win every game. That's the same mentality that I've had. Even really good teams lose games they shouldn't lose. And I'm not I'm not trying to excuse anything. Because I don't think there's any excuses that should be made or need to be made for this team. They were bad tonight in this game. And they were bad in the Magic game right. <laughs> on Monday. So... I think next week's going to be a lot different, and this Celtics game on Wednesday is going to be a wake-up call. Hey, listen, we're supposed to be a contender. Let's really play like it. Let's really dial in to what we've built since the turn of the calendar, since January. They were the best team in the NBA in January. It's February now. Happy February, everybody. Groundhog saw the shadow, so we have six more weeks of winter. They were the best team in the league in January. Yeah, let's get back to that. Let's let's not shy away from that. Let's double down on who on who we are and what we're doing, and let's continue to build. And I think this Celtics game 
on Wednesday is going to be a real... I mean, it's going to be a test. It really is. They haven't played... Well, they just played the Nuggets, but they haven't... They don't play teams as good as the Celtics every every night. So this is going to be a good test to test their identity, to test their the, the strength of their offense because the Celtics are good defensively, really good defensively. So I think I think this next week is going to be... I think it's going to be good yeah. for this team. Yeah, I agree. I think that one's obviously one you have circled all year long uh, on the calendar. But uh, given where the Sixers are, given where they've been and what you mentioned a moment ago, the last month and a half, um, it's important. And so, you know, they're only two back in the loss column of these Boston Celtics. So they you know, are going to play on Wednesday. It's nice to get a couple days off between that game, uh, between where, you know, Sunday in New York and then before heading up to Boston on Wednesday. So um should be a fun one there i do have some so like i said i i mean these the game against orlando and the game you know that they lost in the game against new york both had a lot of similar things um in them so a huge you know great start for the sixers early on and then a blown lead um and then you know it's not like they were blown out in the fourth quarter but it was like a game the sixers could have won and it just got ugly offensively for the sixers to me um, in both of those games. Like, it was like, what are they doing? Possession after possession in the fourth quarter. Um, I do have some some in-game tweets from some Sixers pages that I follow that I just want to give you a chance to respond to. I'll read them, and you can respond to them one by one. Yes. From, from this game, game tonight? tonight? Against New York. So, uh, Sixers Adam, who <coughs> I followed, followed for quite a years. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, I like him. Big like fan. Him. He said this um, during the, you know, shortly after the first quarter. He said the Sixers lead the New York lead New York 35-24 after one quarter. Uh, their lead in that was once 21 points. Montrez Harrell played a minute and 41 seconds in that first quarter, and in those 120 101 seconds, the Sixers were outscored nine to nothing to end the quarter. Uh, you know, it seemed like it was going for a blowout, and it became not a blowout. So, your reaction to that, and you know, watching that unfold, even. Montrez Harrell. Thoughts? <laughs> I'm I nothing. You know, it's I. I think I did it last week. I gave I gave Harold props. Do you remember I if did. I did? I don't remember. Yeah, in in a recent episode. You can roll the sure. clip if you yeah. if you find it. Recent episode. I said, hey, Harold's good. Harold's been great. I'm still not super high on him, and I did say that on my page too. So I, I'm I'm doubling yeah. I'm doubling down on that, you know I, I. Harold's good, and and I said this too. Once they signed him, he's not. What's the word? He's not. Is keen the word? He's not too keen defensively. I like it. I mean, I'm gonna like look it. up the word. In the meantime, I think when it comes to defense he and i don't i don't even think he he knows yeah. i'm sorry i don't even think i know he's not good defensively and he's undersized so that that doesn't cater towards being good right. defensively especially if you're going to play if you're going to be the center we've said this we've we've both talked about this on here i've talked about it independently as well it's going to cause issues and right. it it kind of is so the Sixers need a defensive-minded backup big man. And if it's not Paul Reed, it's going to have to be somebody else because it cannot 
be Montrezl Harrell. It cannot be Montrezl Harrell. And I think this last week or so showed why. You can't have a guy who can't defend when you have leads and Embiid comes out. You need somebody reliable to defend in place of Embiid when he's off the floor. And like I said, if it's not going to be Paul Reed, which it very well could be, but Glenn is just infuriating. <laughs> well, I've got a tweet for you for that too. If it's not going if if it's not going to be Paul Reed, it's going to have to be somebody else. Daryl Morey yeah. is going to have to intervene. He's going to have to say, "You know what, man? You're not really giving Paul Reed a chance and he can he can be a difference maker." And I don't know how Morey feels about Paul Reed, but I think that he would agree with most of us Sixers fans when we say, "Dude, we need we need defense from our backup center." Right. And Paul Reed can do that. So if it's not going to be Paul Reed, Daryl Morey, you are going to have to intervene and make a trade to force Glenn to play somebody else aside from Montrez Harrell because he's not going to get the okay. job done. Here's what I'll say about Montrez Harrell. He's, you know, the games where he has 15, 16, 17 points and 8, 9 rebounds or whatever, he's great to root for, a lot of fun, a lot of energy, this, that. Mm-hmm. But, oh, yeah, I agree. And there is a but. Um you know, years past, when he was sixth man of the year on other teams, other scenarios, when he was averaging 17, 18 off the bench, um, it was easy for you know those teams, those coaching staffs to ignore what he brings on the defensive end or lack thereof. Now that he's in Philly, he's behind Joel Embiid, the best center in the Eastern Conference. And it's a little different. So, like, if he's not putting up, you know, the numbers offensively, then you're going to notice the defensive issues, and that's what you do notice. And so, you know, the the question, I guess, that Glenn has to answer, that the team has to answer as a whole, and, you know, something you just mentioned is, like, this team needs what in the backup center? Do they need offense or do they need defense? Um, Because that's really the difference between these two guys. Now, Paul Reed shows some flashes of offense. He also shows some pretty pretty bad offense at times but um I think when it comes to I think when it comes to Reed versus Harrell I think their I think Harrell's I'm sorry I think Reed's offense and defense outweighs Harrell's yeah. offense and defense because Reed is better defensively than Harrell is offensively and I think Reed's also better offensively than Harrell is right. defensively. Harrell is, I'm sorry, why do I keep doing this? Reed is much more capable offensively than Harrell okay. is defensively. Right. Because at least Reed is mobile. He can kind of he can kind of create his own shot. He can he kind of has a jumper a little bit. Um and Harold, he's a good scorer. Right, but he's not at the production but, he has been in years past for just whatever reason it is. Right, right. and like you said, he's it's and the production that he's giving you offensively is not enough Correct. for what he gives up defensively. Some guys in the league can get away with that. Guys like Trey Young, right. guys like Luka Doncic can get away from that, and even even lesser players. I'm trying to think of a lesser player, like. Kyrie Irving is just an easy example, I think. He's not really that good defensively, but what he gives you scoring-wise, shooting the ball, 
makes up for what he lacks defensively, and and Harrell right. does not fit that. I think Paul Reed does. I think for what he is defensively, he or I'm sorry, for what he is offensively, he makes up for it defensively. For Harrell, what he is offensively, he does not make up for it. Or I'm sorry, what he is defensively, he doesn't make up for it offensively. Right. Exactly. And, and that's and I the think difference, that, I think, you know, in years previous, again, if you would have told me, if you would have said that statement preseason, I would have disagreed. You know, because I'm like, well, you know, look what Harrell mm-hmm. has done every other stop he's been at. He gets buckets. Um, and not to say he hasn't had games of doing that here, but, like, the consistency isn't there. And, again, whether it's just because of shortened minutes or this or that or because he's behind and beat or he doesn't really fit the offensive scheme, like, whatever it is, the production isn't there where it's outweighing or or making you forget the defensive issues. And so we're definitely in agreement there. Right. Um, you know, if he is in, those bursts of offense are nice when he does it, but they're not enough because we're having this conversation clearly. Um so exactly. Sixers Adam to 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 talk to you about that um the run that the Knicks went on this is just disgusting. So from that last 2 minutes of the first quarter, so the Sixers were outscored by 32 points in the last 38 minutes of the basketball game. 32 points in the last <laughs> 38 minutes and uh here's what he had to say about that matchup. Uh he said I think it lines up with what we're saying. He said there's a chance that Paul Reed does not end up being a viable backup center, but that is not a definite yet. Meanwhile, Montrez Harrell is certifiably not that, uh, the backup center. Reed should be playing so the team has a larger sample to evaluate, and it might even help his development to play. Um, Mm -hmm. I think you would agree with that 100%. 100%. 100% agree. I I like to be... Not analytical about things, but I like to break things down and and take things apart. But I can't because that's perfect, perfectly yeah. said. You know what tonight reminded me of in these? Yeah, we can talk about. Are you gonna talk about your boy? We will Deuce talk about what? him. So yeah, Deuce McBride okay. and Evan Fournier going off uh, for seventeen and fourteen or something like that. Um, yeah, combined for like thirty, thirty-one. Uh, so that was kind of not gonna lie. Deuce McBride's kind of my guy, so that was kind of cool to see. But so early on, <laughs> uh, like he hit the three at the end of the first quarter, I was like, yeah, nice. And then when he hit the one in the corner in the fourth <laughs> quarter, I was like, crap. <laughs> like I shouldn't have been yeah. rooting for him. Um, <laughs> he ended up, yeah, he ended up with yeah, like 15 he points. Yeah, had a good game. And he, I think he was, I think he outplayed Grimes, didn't yes. he? Yeah, and Grimes was, I think, in a little bit of foul trouble too. So uh, pretty mm-hmm. cool to see that, I will say. But. Uh, Sixers get the loss, and again, what it reminded me of is in the fact that, you know, these non-Embiid minutes, I had flashbacks to the days of Amir Johnson and Greg Monroe watching that oh, tonight. Oh I hate to say those words on this podcast, but that's what I that's what came to my mind because <laughs> of how uh, oh drastic the difference with Embiid on the floor versus off the floor. Uh, there was one in-game tweet somewhere in the first first half, uh, Joel Embiid was a plus 23. James Harden was a plus 20. And so the Sixers should be up, what, 20? No, they were up four at that time. Um, pretty, pretty sad. Joel Embiid was a plus 25 with eight minutes to go in the fourth, and the Sixers were losing by four. Again, these are these are tweets you would recognize from, you know, several years ago. Um, mm-hmm. So that's kind of, you know, obviously it was an issue tonight. It's been an issue in other games this year. We're not hitting the panic button or anything yet, but... Um, 
Michael, I will say this. The trade deadline is Thursday. We've seen Thursday. a huge deal, you know, between the Nets and the Mavs, but I mean, I don't know. Are, are, are Sixers fans in, in your circle that you're aware of, or is it you that are thinking, you know, even like um, like Sixers Adam, that's just what I call him, Sixers Adam, that's what he he, uh, yeah. he said, you know, Montreal is Montreal mm-hmm. isn't that guy. We're not sure if Reed is. So does that mean the Sixers are looking for a big man? Your thoughts there as we head closer to the deadline. And the question is... Do you think the Sixers are looking for a big man, or should they be, or are they going to do anything at the deadline? Do you have any predictions? Yeah. Well, I don't know if they are, but they should be. Especially based on this conversation we're having. It seems seems that we're both in agreement, and from what I've seen on my page, just scrolling Instagram and things of that nature. I don't really go on Sixers Twitter that often. I only really go on there, you know, every couple of days just to see what people are talking about. But mostly Instagram, mostly my comment section. Seen a lot of backup big man talk. I've seen a little bit of backup guard talk, which I think the backup guard situation is fine, especially if Maxi. Absolutely. Even if he doesn't. But even, especially if Maxi continues to come off the bench. But even if he starts to, even if he begins the start again. I think that that that, that situation's fine. I think the Sixers seriously need a backup big man. Like I said, it's not Reed. It can't be Harrell, so it's going to have to be somebody else, which means they're going to need to make a trade because nobody else in this roster can play center. Because right. <laughs> nobody else in this roster can play center for an extended period of time. I, I guess Tucker can, but he's starting. Yeah. Uh, you know. So that brings to the conversation and something I saw yesterday is Jared Vanderbilt from the Utah Jazz, former Minnesota Timberwolf, who was traded in that Rudy Gobert trade. Probably the best piece of that trade, to be honest. And I don't know I don't know how much you know of that guy, but what I will say is that... And people were saying, the main objection to Vanderbilt, what I've seen, is he's undersized, he's not good offensively, which are not really true because he is 6'9", but... He plays a lot bigger than he is, and for his size, he not even for his size, just in general, amazing defender, way better than Harrell and Reed right. combined, and he's also good offensively. He can do a lot of things Paul Reed can do. He can shoot a little better, not not great by any means, but he can he can shoot. He can stretch the floor a little bit, but you're mainly getting him for defense. Right. He can rebound. He can switch. He can defend the pick and roll. He can defend the rim. That's exactly what you need from a backup big. Yep. And I don't know what it would take to get him. I personally would be willing to overpay for him by a lot. I'd be willing to give up quite a few players for him. Not sure how Daryl Morey feels, but I know he's. I know he's. Ever since he got here, he's been active at the trade deadline. I think maybe. No, he's made a trade every single year. The George Hill trade, which was abysmal. But it's fine. And the Harden trade, obviously, which we're coming up on a year on that, by the way. How crazy is that? So I have my trust in Daryl because I know that he is not afraid to make trades, nor should he be because he's a smart dude when it comes to basketball and roster construction, as we know. Jared Vanderbilt, I'm all in. Like I said, I'm willing to give that. I'm I'm willing to give the Turnbulls a lot. I know the Sixers don't 
have a lot to give per se, but I'd be willing to overpay if they would accept the players that the Sixers have. I mean, I would imagine Thibault's in the deal, which I'm fine with. I'd imagine... See, that's the, that, then the question becomes, well, what do they give right. up? That's right. That's, do the Timberwolves want Thibault, Korkmaz, Harrell, and a pick, second-round pick? Maybe two second-round picks? I would do that. I would so do that. Yeah, it'll be interesting. That is the one name I've seen, you know, it's reported that the Sixers have interest in Jared Vanderbilt. Um, would not mind it either. You know, I, again, I, I don't think... You know, again, if it's what you just mentioned in Matisse and maybe Montrez and Picks or whatever, it's not going to mess with the Sixers' you know plans or rotations no. at all. It's not giving up anything that's a key at the moment because again, we're we're talking about Harrell on this on this episode a lot and hasn't been exactly positive. Um, so we'll see. We'll <laughs> see what happens. We'll see if they make a move. I do agree. I think. I mean, there's no need for guards. I love I love our guards. Um, that's what I'm saying. When it comes to what the roster itself actually needs. Jared Vanderbilt would very much complete the roster. After that, yeah, there would there aren't really many weaknesses when it comes to the actual talent of the roster and how good the roster is. Obviously, there's a difference between performing and how good you are, talent versus production. But still, in theory, the Sixers that would that would put the Sixers. That would give them a leg up, and that would really round out the roster. Yeah. Yeah, he's good. He's good. And, you know, the, I guess the biggest question is that, you know, what we don't know is um, now from what I've read and what I've heard about him, he can he can guard three, four, five. Um, yep. You know, yep. I just hope that – I mean, I don't know. Does he – I don't know if he plays a lot of five. I really don't know because um, obviously that would be what we'd – probably be asking him to do um, yeah. now again you're backing up Joel Embiid so that's a huge plus you know you go out there for your 12-15 minutes a, a game and give it all you got and you know come have a seat you know but uh, so we'll see we'll see what happens anything over the next few days uh, on that so I did have one other problem tonight I know I, I know we've had several problems with the Knicks game but I did have another problem and I want your thoughts on it Okay. So I noticed um, late fourth quarter, the Sixers had their starting lineup in the game, which most cases that'd be like, all right, cool. However, um, Tyrese Maxey is not in that starting mm. lineup as of late. Mm-hmm. He he finally checked. I mean, I'm, you know, last six, seven minutes, maybe. I don't know when the starters came in, but Maxey did not check back into the game at once he checked out until like a minute and a half left and the game was over it was like a nine point game at that point um and i didn't like it i i i think maxi should be on the floor to end games um now again i get there'll be situational so this might be a, a difficult question to answer but if you take anything situational you take anybody like who's you know oh someone's really really hot tonight they need to stay in the game to end like any of that just surface level before a game starts who is your five on the floor you think to end the games because i think maxi needs to be in there but then what do you do with the other guys who comes out well harden and b needs to be in there maxi needs to be in there 100 percent, 100 percent. yeah and, and you mentioned it which is good you mentioned it it's situational obviously but i think most most times maxi needs to be there 
Then you can fill out the other two with Harris, Melton, Tucker. That's it. Right. Closing five. If we're talking last four minutes of the game, so, I want my best possible lineup out there. I'm not really too concerned with the fit. Again, situationally speaking, okay. Maybe fit is more important. Maybe I want Melton out there for defense and Tucker out there for defense. But I think Maxi Harden and Bede, any combination of Tucker, Harris, Melton. But who? And, who? and, and very occasionally George Niang. Yes. If you need a, th- if you need threes, then it's fine. Right. But that's it. That's where I draw the line. Right. 100%. So pretend that again we don't know who they're playing. We don't know who the other other team yeah. has on the floor. We know there's three minutes left in the game. It's a tie game. We don't know who's done what so far in the game. You know, you're the coach or whatever, and you know you're just a fan. Leave it at that. You're just a fan, and you want to know you want who on the floor. So those three: Embiid, Maxi, Harden. But who is the odd man out of who you mentioned? Tobias, PJ, and DeAnthony Melton. Who is not in that five? Yeah, I mean it depends. Yeah, just give me one. No, I mean, uh, I guess Tucker. Okay, but it just depends. It's so it it's does. so situational. It is, you know, because sometimes I'd say Harris. Yeah, really, I would because if you need some stops. Right. I want my best defensive unit out there, and I don't know the statistics because there is lineup data out there somewhere, and I don't have it. <laughs> it exists, I just don't have it. But I'd like to think. A lineup with Tucker, Melton, and Embiid is the best Sixers lineup. Mm. Plus, obviously, Harden and Maxi, plus whoever. I feel like those three, plus whoever, is probably the Sixers' best defensive combination. So I'd like to have them out there on the floor if I need stops. If I need if I need scoring to keep my lead, I'd be more inclined to say Harris and Melton or Harris and even Niang. If I'm doing if I'm running Maxi and Harden, I can Niang three, Harris four, and Mead five. Right. It's just like, it, it's totally, not totally. Like I said, it is situational, but sometimes it's not. Mm. It just it really just depends. It does, it does. But you know, I, again, I think if I, you know, take situational out, I take opponent out of it. I take you know lineup, size, matchups, all of that. I, I'm a fan of, I'm a fan of the three guard. Harden, Maxi, Melton. Yeah. Uh, I just am. Um, it, it's looked good at times. Um, I just like it. I think that just gives you so many different options. Um, and that's, an, that's a very, very difficult lineup to defend, especially the way the Anthony Melton is, is scoring and playing and shooting. And um, Now, again, if, 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 if I think, you know, if you were to go to analytics and look at lineups and look at, you know, defensive ratings lineup, for these yeah, five yeah. and that five and – if the over, you know, if the sample size is large enough, and you see this five that I just mentioned with the three guards, and like, they're they're pretty consistent with the other group. If you throw PJ Tucker in there, they're consistent with another defensive lineup, and they're like close enough. Then it's a no-brainer yeah. to me of you go with the five that have the most chance, best chance to, you know, put the ball in the basket. If the defense isn't kind of similar to the Harold Reed debate, you know, if the defense isn't that big of a difference or that big of a loss then you go with the five that can put the ball in the hoop it's the name of the game so 
that's my thought there. Uh, enough complaining about the Knicks game. We're going to officially close the book on that uh, right now, and uh, we're going to move good. on. So uh, Boston Celtics on Wednesday in Boston. Um, your thoughts on that? Again, we talked about it a little bit, um, and then you know we can take a peek at the Eastern Conference standings here. Um and then we'll wrap it up. So Eastern Conference standings, Celtics 37 and 16, Milwaukee 36 and 17, uh, followed by the Sixers who are now 34 and 18. Again, just two back in the loss column, Brooklyn Nets, that dumpster fire 32 and 20, <laughs> uh, still pushing along. <laughs> Cleveland Cavs 33 and 22, Miami Heat 29 and 25. Um, Knicks, Hawks, Bulls are all within a couple games for seven, eight, nine, and then the Wizards are twenty four and twenty eight and actually uh would be in the playoff right now at the ten. Wow. Uh, believe it or not. So yeah, big one with Boston on Wednesday. Your thoughts on that one. Well it's a huge game and the Bucks have done a lot to retake that third seed. I'm sorry, second seed from yeah. the Sixers. And I think at this point Nothing's guaranteed, obviously, but with Kevin Durant continuing to miss games for the Nets, the gap between the Sixers and the Nets is going to go even further. And the Cavs could come up a little bit more. They're they're, uh, they're two and a half games behind the Sixers. So I think at this point, the Sixers are pretty much... Well, not actually, nothing's really guaranteed, obviously, but I'm comfortable saying the Sixers can still end as a top three seed. Maybe four at the at the at worst, but this game is huge against the Celtics. I I I, f- I feel the same as I did with the with that Nuggets game. I think the Nuggets and the Celtics are of the same caliber when it comes to overall well roundedness in their roster. Celtics are much better defensively than than the Nuggets are, and they usually play Embiid pretty well. So that's something to monitor, and I think their depth could give the Sixers some issues. All they uh, guys one through. Let me think about this. Brogdon, White, Williams. Yeah, guys one through eight to nine can really hurt you off their bench, and that is something that could also give the Sixers issues. Brogdon has been amazing uh, in the running for Sixth Man of the Year. Derek White is fantastic. Grant Williams is a great shooter, mm-hmm. good defender. Yeah, they're a good so team. That's, that's why they're at where they're at, right? Yeah, exactly. So this is gonna be, this is gonna be a, a, a some proving grounds for the Sixers for sure. Sure, sure. definitely an opportunity to prove something, mm-hmm. show that they belong in the Eastern Conference. And while yep. we're at it, so I'm gonna we're gonna we're gonna finish with a little game here. But actually, okay. I have one more tweet to read. This one's just funny. It's all about the Hawks, the I'll Atlanta the Hawks. Hawks, who are currently 27 and 27. This was oh, back I think when I know were, what this is. Back when they were 26 and 26, so they're the most average team in the world. So they're seventeen and seventeen against the East, uh, nine and nine against the West. They're eighth in the Eastern Conference standings out of fifteen teams, so right in the middle. They again two games ago they had scored six thousand and fifty-seven points, and their opponents had scored six thousand fifty-seven points. So they are literally the most middle of the pack team uh, in history. It seems at this point because that's just crazy. Um, they are perfectly 500 currently sitting at 27 and 27 but to wrap it up tonight on episode 83 of the pod michael we're gonna play a little game 
um, of contender or pretender looking at the Eastern Conference. And here's the question for it. Um, if they're a con- yes, if they're a contender, and what I mean by contender, to, to clarify that here for this episode, the purposes of this one, is they have a chance or they're a threat, a possibility to make the Eastern Conference Finals. Not finals contenders, not championship contenders, but hey, this team in the East could make a run to the conference finals. I'll name a few, and you say contender or pretender. We'll start with what might be a softball. So those aforementioned 27 and 27 Atlanta Hawks, contender or pretender to make the Eastern Conference Finals? Pretender. Pretender. Atlanta Hawks are pretenders. All right. Brooklyn Nets. At this point, they're a pretender. Unfortunately, okay. with with no Kyrie, if, yeah. if he was still there, I'd maybe be a little more. Yeah, a little bit of end. issues there in yeah. Brooklyn. All right, um, Boston <laughs> Celtics contender. That's pretty obvious. If you unless you've been living under a rock, which I don't know, maybe you are. Milwaukee Bucks contender as well. Okay, pretty obvious pretty there. Obvious. Um, Cleveland Cavaliers pretender. I am so low on the Cavs. So low on the Cavs. Cavs mm-hmm. have no shot to reach the Eastern Conference Finals. No, they don't. Okay. Uh, let's do... That's going to age so poorly. Two more. <laughs> Miami Heat. Nah, contender. Contender? Yes. Is that because of uh, a guy by the name of Jimmy Butler? That is because of his Jimmy Butler. ability yep. to... Yeah. Will his team victory? All right, last but not least, the Philadelphia 76ers. Contender or pretender Eastern Conference Finals. Contender, I guess. I guess. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. I well, don't it's know. It's hard to. I get it. Uh, it's hard to because they haven't done it yet. It's hard, right? man. <laughs> they haven't done it yet. All right. That is contender or pretender oh for the Eastern God. Conference. Michael is not too sure. I am. About the I am literally just. Uh, I, but based on what you said, you know, because two teams have to get there, right? And you named three teams definitely, and then the fourth would have been the Sixers as a yes to. So four teams so for two spots. Yeah, uh, four teams for two spots, which um, have been you know four of the better teams in the East, obviously over the last number of years. Um, yeah, I mean, all of which have gotten there in what you just mentioned, besides the Philadelphia 76ers. So, all right. Um, and we got a Super Bowl next Sunday. Yes, sir. I don't Go know Eagles. if you want to drop a prediction Ooh. for the Birds oh, okay. and the Chiefs. I'm going to drop one. I'm going. I'm going 31-27 Birds. Cool. All right, Eagles Super Bowl champs. Love it. 31-27. You heard it here on Planet 76. What do you think? I like it. <laughs> All right, we're sticking with that. Planet 76, episode 83. Uh, We are out. We will see you next time after the Super Bowl. We'll see. Peace. If you are a Philadelphia 76ers fan, this is the podcast for you. Planet 76, a weekly podcast covering all things Philadelphia 76ers. We'll see you next time.